I'm Jody Whites, Results and Success Coach, and these podcasts teach you how to make significant changes to live your dreams, make a positive impact on the world, and drop your regrets. It's time for you to get spectacular. Welcome back to Your Spectacular Life. My name is Jody Weitz, and I am your life and professional coach, making sure that your life is nothing less than spectacular. I have on my show today, Bruno Signaco. Hello, Bruno. Hello, Jody. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you for being on here. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Let me tell you a little bit about Bruno. Uh, Dr. Bruno Signaco, PhD, is an international business consultant, international speaker, and business coach. For over 20 years, he has advised and trained hundreds of companies on international trade activities and international marketing. He is a university lecturer and a senior fellow of the Higher Education Academy. He is also the author of business and personal development books published in different languages. His new book titled The Art of Compassionate Business can be found in many stores. And we'll find out more about that. All right, Bruno, so international marketing. Um, and I love the name of your latest book, The Art of Compassionate Business. It almost seems like an oxymoron, meaning, you know, you have to be cutthroat. You've got to be, you know, you've got to be competitive. You've got to be straightforward and direct. There's no time for relationship building. Tell me, first of all, how you got interested in writing a book in this area. Very interesting question. Thank you very much. Uh, I want to say again that I feel very honored to be here. Oh. And I want to comment about the book. This started with an article that I read a couple of years ago that was uh, titled The Human Contact uh, or The Human Moment. And in this article, they talk about non-traditional topics related to business, for example, how to build strong relationship with different stakeholders on an emotional and a, on a mental level. And when I read about this, this was published in Harvard Business Review, a very prestigious publication, The Human Moment is the title. And uh, I felt a bit intrigued because I thought that this could be explored much more deeply. And then I started researching on this for many years, and this was coronated by the publishing of this book. And what I noticed is that there are two very important aspect in business, what I call qualitative aspect of business uh, that uh, cannot be measured, cannot be counted. For example, empathy, camaraderie, loyalty, support, care, generosity, gratitude. And then you have the quantitative aspect of business, what can be measured, what can be counted. For example, market share, profit, sales, productivity. Most companies tend to focus uh, when they use a traditional perspective in business, they tend to focus on quantity, the aspect of business. Why? Because it's what is generating profit, it's generating more uh, sales, it's attracting more customers. 
But we have to understand that we cannot dismiss the qualitative aspect of business. There is a famous thinker that observes not everything that counts can be counted and not everything that can be counted counts. So this <laughs> means that there should be an equilibrium between what we call qualitative aspect of business, what are ne- they are very necessary to build strong, long-lasting relationship with different stakeholders, internal stakeholders such as employees and management within the company, and external stakeholders such as customers, suppliers, community members, uh, and other community, the, the environment. So when we focus only on quantitative aspect of business, what can be measured, we tend to achieve in many cases this uh, this quantitative aspect by all means. For example, uh, uh, taking advantage of customer or exploiting employees or, for example, uh, polluting the environment. Mm. Instead, when we look for a balance between qualitative aspect of business and quantitative aspect of business, we tend to focus on the most important resource in any business endeavor. That is not money, is not technology, but is the human being. You mm. cannot do business without the human being. And when a company nurtures this relationship with the stakeholders, this key performance indicator, quantitative aspect, tend to be achieved much more effortlessly. Why? Because these indicators are always the natural result of a strong relationship with all these stakeholders. Right. You know, I, I love that um, you're taking a very different look and you're bringing in the balance of the measurable items and the human factor you're bringing you're saying every company really needs to have this balance now how do you as a a coach and speaker how do you get that point across to very fact-oriented logic-oriented business owners yes very interesting point and it's a very simple argument that always uh, such as when I am advising companies is, can you succeed without these stakeholders? Because there is in business a very important phenomenon that we call interdependence. We can Mm -hmm. never succeed without these stakeholders. Wouldn't be nice to have these stakeholders on our side, supporting us, contributing to our company's mission. But if you are not caring for them, why would they support you? So there is a principle in social psychology that we call reciprocity. When you treat Mm -hmm. people in a caring way, they tend to care for you. When you care for customers, when you suggest very good product for them, not the one that generate more profit to you, the one that, for example, are suiting their needs, these customers tend to come back. They tend Mm -hmm. to recommend your product to other potential customers. Instead, when you take advantage of customers, you don't care for them, you try to deceive them, you try to sell product that they don't need, this customer might leave negative reviews, might, for example, push other potential customers away. So this means that when you are caring for all these stakeholders, you take a compassionate attitude, you adopt a very caring attitude toward these stakeholders, they tend to care for you. The opposite happens when you don't care for them. So interdependence is a very important point. But another important point that I make when I try to convince companies that are uh, need to be much more relationship-oriented is that relationships are the basis of any business activity. And mm. relationships are not only built on economic needs. Most companies mm-hmm. tend to focus on economic needs. For example, in the case of employees, they try to pay, if possible, a good salary. 
But this is not enough for employees to be productive, to be creative, to be innovative, to work over time in an unconditional way. Employees have also emotional needs. Mm -hmm. They need to be recognized. They need to be appreciated. They need to be acknowledged. They need to be supported. But also employees have mental needs. They need to be stimulated mentally. They need to be challenged. They need to be coached, trained, mentored whenever possible. And also employees have social needs. They need to gather not only for business purpose. Maybe there could be also some uh, non-business gatherings where employees can know on a personal level and they can they can build much more long-lasting bonds, not only for, for work purposes. So this means that when you focus only on economic aspects, uh, this mm -hmm. means the economic needs of every stakeholder, you are dismissing many other aspects that are very important and this relationship tend not to thrive. Why? Because you are not satisfying all the important needs. Right. You know, if if many more companies adopted that mindset of treating their employees well and looking at all these indicators, support, coaching, um, social interaction, stimulation, I, I think we would see many more successful companies, happier employees, happier lives. Now, can you give um, our listeners an example of the way that you have seen companies successfully show their caring and compassion for their customers. What what are some of these yeah. things? Yes, I, I, I first off, I want to cite some research uh, back in all the, the example that I will give later. So there is a very interesting study that uh, concluded that when you have a very compassionate and caring workplace, Employee satisfaction tend to go tend to go up. Customer satisfaction tend to go up. Also, mm. why? Because employees that are satisfied tend to satisfy customer in a much more effective mm. way. Absenteeism go down, but also you have the, the stress level go down, turnover go down, and also productivity and a higher profit that can be achieved in this workplace. What I observe mm. uh, when I was advising companies, I gave this company, for example, a very simple tip. I, I, we have a very big meeting with all the employees, including the senior management, and we told them, can you try to be more generous on a regular basis? And some of them, they told me, oh, but we have to give money to others. And I, I explained to them, it's not the only way to be yeah, generous. It's when not money. Generous, right. When you are generous, you can be generous giving others. For example, tangible things. For example, a manager give a bonus to an employee that work very hard. But mm. most of the important things are intangible, cannot be perceived by senses. For example, I gave uh, different examples such as giving a ear when someone wants to talk to you, paying attention to what they say, mm. active listening, but also giving some advice and giving thanks to them for their contribution, their mm. support, giving, uh, for example, technical information, uh, and in some cases, uh, giving some uh, counseling or a suggestion uh, on how to proceed, not only in, on a world level, but also on a personal level. So these are very important. They are uh, intangible things, but there is a lot of research that back the fact that generosity begets generosity. Mm, like stinginess, that. stinginess mm. uh, generate yes. more stinginess. And uh, you know, more, yeah, yes, what yes. you said is, is very good. Um, you know, with happy customer, I'm mean, happy clients, 
you that product and the interactions that you have with salespeople or support it comes through you know oh. you feel it it um it is it, it directly impacts the people they deal with vendors etc to really make a difference on bringing up the level of uh, again happiness quality of product productivity just enjoyable work environment it's, it's so true but also i want to mention that for example when you connect to others on a much deeper level not mm. only on a work level uh, you discover the real person because in practice in the workplace what you see is only about roles you see what we call the 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 work masks uh, you don't see the real people mm. but real people like all of us, have emotions that in many cases, companies uh, push these employees to leave their emotion outside workplace. Why? Because they feel that this emotion can be disrupting mm. productivity, innovation, mm. and so on. But we can never leave our emotion aside because we always carry this emotion with us. And when employees are told to leave this emotion aside, they tend to suppress, they tend to repress their emotion and tend to burst, this emotion tend to burst in unexpected ways. Instead, when employees are allowed to be whole, complete, express their ideas, allow also to make mistakes and learn from this mistake, what we call an environment of psychological safety, these employees tend to thrive. They tend mm -hmm. to become more innovative, more productive. Why? Mm -hmm. Because they don't uh, they don't uh, they're not run by the free fight fly mode they're not fearful what mm. i observe a very important uh, defect in most companies is that the workplace is full of fear mm. employees are fearful yeah. of being fired or making mistake right. or threatening authority or for example being non-traditional Oh, we're always doing things this way uh, we cannot be innovative so they don't want to rock the boat and this it's not the way that the company can thrive. Most right. companies thrive when they get innovative ideas, innovative projects. Right. And most, uh, you know, the, the company you just described is, I'm sure there's high turnover. People are just not happy there and fearful and can't relax, do their job, be creative. So In the, you know. in the example of the company that I mentioned, that we gave this simple advice, be more generous, we monitor this company many months later to see how things were going. Mm -hmm. And we notice a very important change in the emotional atmosphere. Because emotions tend to be contagious. When you have positive emotion, you infect mm -hmm. others with this positive emotion. And when you have negative emotion, ang anger or sadness, you tend to infect others with this negative emotion. Sure. This can affect productivity. What we observe when we visited many months later is that the workplace much was much more har harmonious and was the people were cooperating mm. and also we talked to managers and they told us that the productivity naturally went up sure. without employees being forced why <laughs> because employees felt that they count yeah. they count they counted and they felt also that they were valuable for this company and they felt also that they can connect to others not only on a work level but also on a much more personal level yeah, I, I agree that that's great. I'm glad you made a difference in that company. Getting back to our clients or customers, you know, how 
I know in your book, and you know, you mentioned in many of the chapters love, you know, love and business activities, okay, loving ways to relate to uh, stakeholders. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to just say stakeholders. We can swap that out for clients or customers, st a stakeholder in the company, love and creativity. Now, um, I'm a Californian and I'm, you know, we're, we can maybe get away with a little bit of talking about love, but how can you show your customers without saying, we love you, <laughs> you know, very important, love, very, you know, and, very, and keep things very, professional. Very important. Professional. Yeah. Thank you very much. Uh, uh, love, we are talking about humanistic aspect of love, not the sentimental aspect of ah. love that we, for, okay. say, for okay. example, we say to a friend or to a family member. Here we're talking about humanistic aspect of love, which include compassion, care, generosity, gratitude, support. And this was uh, analyzed deeply by the humanistic psychologists like Erich Fromm, uh, Carl Roger, and others. And this is so important because when you connect to others in a loving way mm -hmm. from the humanist perspective, especially customer, you try to serve them. In the case of customer, you try to serve them. You mm. don't try to sell them. It's not the same. So you adopt an attitude of service. This means that you try to help them, to support them. In some cases, supporting them implies that you recommend them that they should go to a competitor's. Mm -hmm. uh, company because what happened you don't have a product that suits their need but you want the best for them and you try to uh, merge two important aspects your own knowledge about your own products uh, and services and the knowledge that they have about their own needs so they know a lot about the needs what they want what they desire what, what are the, the what the preference are but you try to look for something that is suitable for them. But you don't go there only. You try to exceed their needs. Mm. What we call in marketing, we call delighting customer. Because any company can meet customer needs, but it's not enough. If you want to be outstanding, you want to be a company of excellence, you want to exceed customer needs. You give more than expected. I give you an example, very simple. I'm half Italian and I used to like cappuccino and I went to two coffee shops. The first coffee shop, gave me the cappuccino cold and mm. late, 15 mm. minutes late. A very big chain. We all know this chain. The <laughs> second company, a competitor, I went there and they, they told me, oh, the cappuccino, brought the, this was brought to the table one minute late, but not bad, uh, very, very quickly. And then the, the waiter forgot on the table a, a, a tray with biscuits. And I, mm. I, told, I told the waiter, sorry, you forgot this. No. It's not a mistake. This is for you. It's a gift Aww. for you to enjoy your cappuccino. Oh, nice. Second company, delighting customer. Yes. First company couldn't even meet by basic needs. A cappuccino served on time and hot. So yeah. this means that <laughs> you see the difference. When you look for the best for this customer, you try to go beyond their preference. You try to delight them. You try to surprise them in a positive way. And when you surprise them in a positive way, you create an imbalance and this customer feel prompted to reciprocate, to act in the same way. When you give a lot to customer, you are generous with this customer. Customer is generous with you. They might leave very positive reviews, recommend your product to other sure. potential customers and so on.
And, you know, I bet it um, as an exercise in using the word delight, a company can say, you know, how do we go much further? How do we put smiles on people's faces yeah. and, and yes. as, as a way to build the business? And I would imagine that would be you know, everybody gets in that loving mindset, in that generous mindset and there are ways to you know figure out in a creative way how to delight in going way beyond so i, I give you i give you a few examples there is a lot of research on delight and some examples that are mentioned by researchers but also tested in practice are for example being flexible being hmm. flexible with this customer many companies are very bureaucratic and very abiding to the rules mm. so for example if you deliver so return a product after 30 days that is the company's policy this product cannot be returned because there is a very clear policy companies that try to delay customer they try to bend a little the rules whenever possible in order to benefit this customer if yeah. the customer was 31 days instead of 30 well maybe you want to go a little right. further right. Uh, uh, because you want to care for this customer but also companies that are trying to delay customer they try to be generous for example giving free gifts for example mm. if you are uh, buying flowers uh, from a flower shop well the flower shop uh, people why send you also the 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 flower bus the flower vase ah, the, yeah. this this will be yeah. free of charge why because they want to, to send you something that complement the product that you bought. So this means important uh, to, to bring about a, a delight implies giving more than they expect, but also try to take into account their needs. Many companies try to focus on their own needs. They try sure. to get the yeah. products uh, to be bought by customers, the ones that are more expensive. Why? Because in many cases, the employees is on commission and when the product is more expensive, this employee will get a, a bigger commission. <laughs> but this is not the way that you serve no, customers. In some cases, customers need the cheaper product, and yeah. this will be okay. Even you have a smaller commission, you are trying to serve them because by serving them, then you create this reciprocity uh, cycle, customer feel understood, yep. and they tend to act alike. They tend to act in a generous way, in a supportive way. Yeah, when we've all um, run into that salesperson who is pushes aside the product that <laughs> clearly would you know, would solve our problems and goes for the higher one, and and right away we get that right away. So um, yeah, it um, I like the way you describe that um, that we are serving the customer in a way that they'll come back. They know they can trust us. It builds the whole cycle of trust. Very important because uh, I don't like in marketing, we use a lot the word uh, customer retention. You can retain yeah. customer because <laughs> appear that you are keeping them by force. You can only <laughs> right. keep them when you serve them in a in a very outstanding way. Yes, they are not even kept. They will come on their own and they will recommend your product to other customers. Instead, right. when you try to control them, manipulating them, for example, with fine print. Many companies use fine print, and the contract have condition that customer don't know. And then when there is a problem, mm. there is a big problem for customer. This is a manipulative approach. Mm. Customer won't feel very well, might feel a bit deceived. 
and also companies can get the way only once because when customer uh, discover this gimmick, customer might feel offended, might feel like a deceived, and might oh, yeah. leave this company and, or might never come back to this company. They have the opportunity oh, to buy the oh, product. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, in your book, you also talk about a prosperity mindset in this, you know, this uh, general uh, generosity um, area that that you're trying to write about companies adopting that it's prosperity because it comes back around to you when the customer feels genuinely taken care of. And also prosperity mindset implies that you tend to focus on things that you can control. You cannot control as a company the economy or for example, the exchange rates. These are things that are completely uncontrollable. You have to take them into account, but you cannot control. But prosperity mindset implies that you uh, you are dwelling into your resourcefulness. This means in your internal resources and you try to bring about better products, better services, continual innovation, but also you believe that resources in the world are limitless. Mm. Most of the economic theories said that the resources are scarce. Mm. However, you see companies with no or little resources. I give the example of Uber, for example, a company that does not own any vehicle is one of the biggest transport companies in the world. Why? <laughs> because they adopted a non-traditional business model. They said to themselves, uh, the, the, the story of uh, Uber said that the Uber. founders yeah. said they were leaving a conference and at night they couldn't find the taxi. And they asked themselves this question. What if we can have a ride from our phone? This was a very insightful question because this created a very important organization that challenged the well-established organization in that sector without owning assets like vehicles. The same happened with Airbnb. They, they mm. have a very net, big network mm. in the accommodation sector, but because of this innovative business model, they can also compete face-to-face with the big company like Hilton, Sheraton, the big the big companies in the hotel and accommodation sector. Yeah, yeah, great. I love those points. Thank you for bringing those thank up. You. And um, Bruno, thank you so much for being here. How can people get more information to find out more about okay. you, more about your book? The book can be found anywhere. It's the Art of Compassionate Business. Uh, the cover is white. It's the second edition. The black cover is the first edition. The white cover is the second edition. It's more complete. The second edition has 100 pages more, a more example of companies. And also they can find me. My website is www.brunosignaco.com. Signaco with double C before the O. And also they can find me on LinkedIn. I have many followers on LinkedIn. They can find me. I can post articles on a regular basis. So it will be interesting that they can join me. Thank you. Thank you very much. That's right. Oh, Bruno, yes. I'm sure our listeners will be very interested in reading more, more examples. And thank you so much for your time for being on this show. Um, I love hearing this different business model and a model that really... um, deepens our relationships with other human beings and as a way to build our business. And that I'm, I'm all for that. That's so positive. Thank you very much for your invite. I feel very honored to be here. Thank you. Yes, that's great. Well, you take care then. Thank you. All right. Thanks.
I'm so grateful that you've listened to the end of this podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review it, and share it with your friends. I love teaching insights so that you can have a more impactful and meaningful life. It's my mission to build a thriving community of happy, fulfilled people. Want more? Visit my website at yourspectacularlife.com.